There has always been a lot of questions that I have had about what I had gone through exactly because I do not remember everything. Memories are a strange thing when you go through trauma because sometimes you do not remember something yet other times you remember just a piece of something. Like right now, I keep remembering the smell of coffee but I have no idea what that means. And your memories are fragmented, where you just remember little pieces and you must work to put them together to make the memory complete. A lot of that has to do with dissociation. Separating your mind from what is happening during the trauma makes it easier for you to cope with what happened. But that does not mean that the memories get to be locked away forever. I think one of the hardest things for me is my family has so many secrets and they worked hard at keeping them. Like I said before, it was not just from the outside world, but it was from me as well. So if there was anything that I was doing that got me close to the answers to any of the hundreds of questions I have about my past, they are able to shut it down. And one of the biggest things I wonder is what are they hiding? I cannot even begin to describe what it feels like when I read the news and found out that they went after somebody. There was this person that I had met a few years back that could have answered a lot of questions for me. Questions that I had about things that did not quite make sense to me. I did not tell anybody that I was reaching out to him, but somehow they found out. And they were able to make sure that I had no access to him. They framed him for a crime that I do not believe he committed. He was a good man, but he made the mistake of getting involved with something 20 years ago. So now me and him are not allowed to have any bit of connection or communication. At least that is what I keep telling myself happened. But to be completely honest, I do not know if he really was framed. With how connected the ring is, it is hard to determine who the good guys are from the bad guys. The ring has gone after a lot of people before that were guilty, and they have blackmail on so many people that when they do things like this, they are able to send a message to other people that are involved to let them know that they can no longer be trusted. And I do not know if that is the case now. I don't know if they're trying to say he can't be trusted. But it is scarier for me to think about that because if it is not the case, it will be the first person that I know of that was innocent. And it is all just because I wanted answers. When I found out about this, I was just in such shock. I just sat and I cried. I was in such disbelief. I knew that the ring was very connected in the area that I grew up in. My clientele proved that, but this one hit extremely hard, and I want so hard to believe that he is innocent, but the truth is, it's just as likely that he is one of the bad guys. I was having a good day that day, and then one tweet, which had a link to an article, and my whole world came crashing down on top of me, because now it doesn't matter if he is a good guy or a bad guy. 
I can never get the answers from him that I want. I can never get the answers that I need. And that absolutely terrifies me. I feel like for the rest of my life, I am always going to be pushing a rock up a mountain. Because there is always going to be that one secret that they are trying to hide that I may never be able to figure out what it is. Sometimes I feel like they see me and they know that I'm having a good day. Maybe they have people watching me. I truly don't know. I feel like they sit and say to themselves that she has let her guard down. She has let herself be happy again. And now is our time to remind her who we are. Now is our time to remind her that we own her. I may have escaped them, but they still look at me as their property. They forever will. Because they do not see me as a human being. They do not see me as a person who has emotions. They do not see me as a mother. They do not see me as a wife. They do not see me as somebody that loves other people and who other people love in return. I am always going to be their property and I'm always going to be their income. I constantly must remind myself that what they did is not my fault and that what they do is not my fault. But I struggle with this because when things like this happen, I feel like I am responsible. They do things to people just to hurt me or they do it because they want me to be quiet. They don't want me making a podcast. They do not want me sharing my story. They want me to just be this obedient little girl and do what they say so they can continue to do whatever it is that they are doing. But I tell myself that they no longer have power over me. They are not in control. I am. If they do these things, it is on them, not me. But how do I not feel like I play a part in the responsibility of it all? If I had just stayed quiet and never mentioned my story, a lot of things never would have happened. So I must keep telling myself that my silence is their power and my voice is mine. And no matter what they choose to do because I am using my voice, I am not responsible for that and it is not my fault. I just wish they would not attack anyone. I wish they would not hurt innocent people just to hurt me. And again, I ask, what are they hiding? I lived such a horrific and heinous life. I went through some of the most traumatizing things, from the sales to even losing children. And if they are going to these lengths to stop me from getting answers to questions... It's got to be worse than that. And what could possibly be worse than what happened to me during those sales? And do I even want to know? Do I even want to remember? There are things that I want to talk about that are so difficult to talk about. But even just sitting here now, my eyes are beginning to fill with tears. It is an important part about awareness, but it is a part that is so difficult to talk about. 
because I never let myself think about it. I never let myself go there because it is way too much pain. And I know that is not the healthiest way to handle it by just ignoring it. But like I said in the previous episode, that is what I was taught to do. I was taught to just be numb. If something hurt too bad, I would just push it as far out of my mind as I could. While I was being trafficked, I had kids taken from me. I can remember at least two, but I am thinking there is more likely three or four. There is a part about sex trafficking that not many people speak about, and it is about breeding within the ring. They do not want to snatch children off the street because someone will look for them. So instead, they take children from victims that get pregnant. Some clients do not want their children to be born and put back into the ring because of obvious DNA reasons. So sometimes I would be forced to have abortions. I lost count of how many I had, but not one single one of them was my choice. Again, when it is your parents, they are able to do so much more. But the children that were taken from me, I do not know if they are still alive. I do not know their names. I do not even know what they look like. I don't even know if they have had children of their own that may have been taken from them. This is the hard part. This is the part that I barely even want to admit. When I would become pregnant, the sales did not stop. But when I had the child, they were taken from me before I could even look at them. It was easy for them to control the situation as they were home births. There was no record of the birth, so it was nearly impossible for anyone to know it even happened. And I was told that the children had died. But later I would be shown a video as punishment and told that the child in that video was mine. I do not know how true that is. But I felt that connection that a mother feels with their child. I pray every day that they are okay. And if they are listening to this thinking maybe that it is them because they do not know who their mother is, I did do DNA testing so they would be able to find me. I have not received any matches yet, but that can change at any moment. And I pray for the day that it does. At first, I had thought this was just something my parents did, and it did not happen to other people. And I do not know if that is because I did not want to admit someone else felt that pain that I felt when I lost them. But unfortunately, I have found other survivors that have similar stories. I cannot say statistically how common it is, but I am not the only one. This way is easier for the traffickers because they do not have to go looking for new victims. They can just breed new ones. And it is the same thing as when a parent traffics their own child. That child thinks this life is normal because it will be all they ever know. When they begin to work on victims at such a young age, it is so much easier for them to get away with it. This, 
I think is one of the hardest things that I had to go through. And it definitely is the hardest to talk about. Not knowing if your own child is alive or not is a feeling that you can never find the right words to express it. These are not the only secrets that they forced me to keep. The world of sex trafficking is hidden in plain sight. And the thing that most people do not understand about that is it is not just that it happens in plain sight. It is that the buyers look like normal people and the sex traffickers look like normal people. My dad was the president of the homeowners association in the neighborhood that I lived in. My mom was one of the most loved volunteers at our school. They both were around kids all day every day for most of my life, but nobody even suspected a thing. My mother was like a second mother to most of the kids at the school. The teachers loved her, the principal loved them, and nobody knew who they truly were. I was the perfect little student. I had straight A's. My attendance always had a good explanation. During times that I missed school, they had doctor's notes to explain the absences. Those doctors were clients, and they would do anything for my parents, anything that they wanted them to do because of the blackmail videos. I liked it at school because there was no bad guys at school, and I got to be just a kid even if it was just for a few hours a day. I would distract myself with learning. I loved to learn about the history of my country. I loved to learn about science. I loved to learn about math. I loved to learn about basically anything that was not the horrors that happened at home. School helped me escape. I do not know how I made it through 12 years of school with no one ever noticing. But I am sure the fact that I always wore long sleeves and tights to cover up bruises played a big part in that. My grades never slipped, so what concerns were there for the teachers to see? Hid it in plain sight by the victims as well sometimes. I did not purposely help them hide it. I just did not know there was something to hide. I cannot press charges against my parents. I cannot take any legal actions against them. My clientele was police chiefs, it was judges, politicians, and so many others. But even if I was able to, who would I report to? How am I supposed to press charges to a system that is so deeply embedded with people from the ring? My parents had blackmail on almost every client that I ever had, especially the ones in more prominent positions. And that is how they were able to control so much of not just my life, but the things that happened to me and things that happened throughout town. When I was brought to a sale, they would make sure that there were videos taken of what happened. And not only did they use them to get people to do what they wanted, but it was used as punishment for me. If I did anything that they did not want me to do, I was forced to watch those videos. I was forced to watch videos of other kids from the ring as well. And I imagine other kids saw my videos. 
It will be disguised as child pornography. So if you ever hear of a politician being found with that on their computer, being found with that on their computer, there is a good chance that really is a video of them with a child that was trafficked to them by that child's parents. At least that's what my parents use their videos for. And like I said, it can kill two birds with one very big stone. They let the ring know that that person is no longer to be trusted. And it also keeps their secrets safe. Because who would believe someone that has those kinds of videos on their computer? This is one of the scariest parts of what I survived. Because I do not know how deep this goes. I do not know where the videos of me are. I do not know how many people have seen them. I do not know if they can be used against me at any moment in my life. Fear can control so much. It can get anybody to do almost anything. And that is what this blackmail did. When people talk about the powerful and elite controlling the world, it really is not them. It is the sex traffickers. It is important to know the difference between a trafficker and a buyer. A trafficker is the person that sells the victim. A buyer is the person that purchases that victim for whatever service they want. For it to be classified as sex trafficking under the law, it needs to be commercial sex work. But to be honest, it does not end there. There is a lot of torture that is involved as well, among other things. And the videos that my parents had on so many people made it so I could never go to the police. And what they did to that man that I spoke about earlier in this episode shows exactly how deep they are still embedded in the area that I grew up in. Maybe that was just them sending me a message that if I did want to press charges, I never could. In the early 2000s, we had to move. I do not know why or who did these things, but our house started to get vandalized. So did our cars. They even stole the license plates off our cars. My parents clearly had angered the wrong person. I have always wondered who that person was and what my parents did to anger them. But again, that is another question that I will never be able to get an answer to. We moved to another state, and I honestly believe that is why I was able to escape. They did not have the same connections where we moved to that they did where I grew up, and I believe that is why I was able to get my restraining order and get all of the help that I did while I was there. It was not as easy for my parents when they lost the power that they had. There was a lot of times that they were doing things that where we used to live, they were able to get away with it. But where we moved to, the police were on my side, not theirs. They were not clients, so there was no blackmail. So I was able to get help every time that I needed it. I owe my life to the police department there. They did everything in their power to keep me safe. 
and to this day there are still detectives and police officers that I talk to from time to time to give them updates on how my life is going. I do not remember much of what happened while I was in that town, so for now pressing charges is just not an option. Maybe someday I will be able to connect the dots and I will be able to do something, but for now I will just have to share my story. Of course, I would love to see the day that I get justice, but I do not think that is in the cards for me, and I have come to terms with that. When we continue to wish for things that may or may not happen, we do not get closure. So the closure that I got was accepting that fact, that I will not see a courtroom, I will not be able to tell my story to a judge, and I will never watch them taken away in handcuffs. But God will be their final judge, and I must hold on to that, and I will hold on to that. My life has been so complicated, and it seems like every day it gets more and more complicated. It seems like I will never be able to be completely free of them. And I must make myself okay with that. I have so many safety plans. And I have backup plans for my backup plans for my backup plans. And when certain things happen, I just make my way down my list to make sure that everything in those safety plans are in place. I do drills to make sure that I am completely prepared for the worst case scenario, that they find me again. I have lived in over 18 states in the past 11 years. I lost count of how many different towns I have lived in. I have had to constantly move every time that I was found. I have now decided that I am no longer running. I deserve a life where I get to put roots down. I deserve a life where I get to stay where I am. I deserve a home. I never had a home growing up and they have done everything that they can to keep me from finding out what a home looks like. But I have that now, and I will never let them take that from me. Forgiveness is not easy. How do you forgive your own parents for destroying your life? How do you forgive them for traumatizing you in the way that my parents did to me? How do you forgive them for putting your life in so much danger? For the longest time, I saw that forgiveness was about them, but it was not. It was about me. I did not forgive them to release them of what they did to me. I forgave them to release myself from the anger of what they did. As long as I was holding on to that anger, I was in a very dark place and I was not living the best life that I could. And I feel like that made them win in a way. So I forgave them for myself so that I could move on. I forgave them so I could have a life that was worthy of living. I forgave them so I could be a human instead of just a shell. And now I have emotions that I get to feel on my terms. I have people in my life that I choose to be in my life. I have people who are not in my life that I chose not to be in my life. I make every decision 
I took my power the day that I released that anger. I am happy. I am a proud mother of three beautiful children. I am a wife that is head over heels in love with her husband, who is the most supportive person that anyone could hope for. I am truly blessed to have found him. He knows my secrets, but he still looks at me with such love in his eyes that sometimes it does not always make sense to me. He lets me yell at him because he knows I never got to yell at anyone before. He lets me be angry. He lets me be sad. And he gives me every reason that I need to be happy. I never thought I would be able to have that in my life. And the only reason that I do have it is because I was able to forgive my past. I do want answers to put the pieces of my past together because I want to know who I am and where I came from. And I feel like at this point, I deserve to get to have that. And even though each day looks more and more like I never will get those answers, I am never going to stop fighting for them. I have already survived the worst thing that is ever going to happen to me. No one can hurt me the way that my own parents have hurt me. And coming to that realization has helped me to be the strongest person that I know how to be. It helps me to keep going when I want to give up. It dries my tears. It helps me to cry through the sad days and laugh through the good days. Maybe I will never get the answers to all of my questions. But I do have a life on the other side that I will never take for granted. It is more valuable than any answer to any question. The memories will come back, and I'm sure someday I will remember everything. Maybe someday I will get my day where I get to tell my story in that courtroom and watch them hauled off in handcuffs. But until then... I will enjoy every moment of my freedom. I will fight every time they find me and try to make me weak again. There is this old saying we learned in support groups while I was at the shelter. If you're playing catch and you do not throw the ball back, what happens? Game over. The day I got my restraining order is the day that I held on to that ball and I'll be damned if I ever throw it back.